Hi, and welcome to the Dreamer's Manual Podcast. My name is Julie Calcote, and my goal here is for you to find inspiration, information, and motivation for you in your life and in your online business, and sometimes in your reading list too. Now, today's episode, we have you covered with all of those things because we have my friend and former librarian, Jennifer DeWitt. Jennifer's here to tell us why storytelling in our copywriting, whether that's in our emails, our social media captions, our website and sales pages, why storytelling will set us apart in a sea of AI and bot created content. And we cover so many things from storytelling, like the how to, where TMI, i.e. too much information comes into stories like when is too much, when should you pull back, when should you throttle it and talk a little bit more about private stuff in your life. Where's the line for ethical client storytelling? When to hire a copywriter, how to find your authentic voice in your business and your copy, and then questions to ask to find the perfect copywriter for you. If you guys haven't met Jennifer yet, she's a copywriter and storytelling expert. She supports female entrepreneurs around the globe by crafting story-driven content that converts. As a former librarian, Jennifer believes in the power of words and the importance of using your voice. Now she's on a mission to help more business owners harness the strength of stories too. When she isn't working, you'll likely find Jennifer hanging out with family, sipping nice coffee, or with her nose buried in a book. Same same. I'm reading some good books right now. And we'll have, as always, everything linked in the show notes. But if you want to get a head start and find Jennifer, you can go to her website. It's Jennifer DeWitt, and that's D-E-W-I-T-T copy.com. She's at the same handle on her Instagram, and she is dropping in with a freebie called 100 Storytelling Prompts to Help Your Copy Connect and Convert. The link will be at jenniferdewitt.com backslash story. Now let's talk to Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the Dreamers Manual podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited for to visit with you. And I'm also really excited about what we're going to talk about today, because as much as I love copywriting and storytelling, at least consuming it, I'm not saying I have any kind of talent in that area. Uh, it excites me that you have some tips that is going to help us actually do that better. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to talk with you today about it. Well, I'm really excited for people to meet you because I have had the pleasure of not only knowing you, but seeing your incredible work. And so for those of the audience that hasn't got a chance to meet you yet, can you tell us more about what you do and who you are? Yeah. So prior to becoming a copywriter, which I've been doing for about four years now, I started my business five years ago and started out as a VA and then shifted into copywriting um, about a year into that. But prior to doing that, I was a school librarian. So I guess books and stories and writing have always been very integral to who I am and what I do. I work now as a copywriter with female entrepreneurs, mostly online service providers. I also work with some coaches and I have written everything from social media, to blogs, to email, to website, launch copy, sales pages, all the things. And sometimes I will join someone's team as a copywriter, and then I help with a myriad of different things where they need copy. I also do a lot of one-off projects where I write people's websites and their sales pages and email sequences and that kind of thing. 
That's so helpful. I find that, you know, thinking about like the OBM school students and stuff, sometimes like their strength isn't in that copy, but they have so much to say and they, you know, when they finally like break through and hire somebody just to take care of that piece for them, it could be so incredibly helpful and beneficial to moving their business forward. Yeah. And I even find that my clients who may be strong writers, I've worked with people who have written books or written all kinds of things, but it's such a time consuming task for a lot of people and it can get you really bogged down in that and you're not focusing on other parts of your business that are helping to move it forward or you're not being able to serve your clients the way that you want to. So yeah, I'm always happy to take that off of my clients' plates. And I love, like for me, I love copywriting, but I had to find a balance because like you said, too much. And I just like, I found that for me, I have to be kind of in the right headspace to write the copy and feeling kind of inspired (laughs) and just having the you know, the space to create without that space, then I, I find that it's a chore and I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I think that's common for a lot of business owners that it's not that they hate writing. It's just that they can't do it all the time. There's so many, and there's some, depending on what you're doing in your business, it can require a lot of copy. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about email sequences, we have a guest on um, that people will listen to If they're listening to the episodes of the podcast, they'll hear that episode before yours. And she talked about how she has a six month nurture sequence for her, you know, she has ads coming in and then she nurtures people and she does these emails that are very strategic, right? Like advice slash story slash help and then sales advice Mm -hmm. and sales. And I thought, well, that'd be an amazing thing to do. It might be a project. I tentatively just kind of penciled it into my list for the summer because there's usually a little bit more space for me that I create. But I was like, wow, that would take a lot of brain space and a lot of inspired ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once you have those nurture sequences in place, it's such a huge weight off of you, but it does take a lot of time to get them put together. Um, I know on the team that we are working on together, I've been working on her uh, year-long nurture sequence for a little while now. Um, and it's going to be so great when we have all 12 months done and people can come in and learn about her and her business and all the things. And we just won't have to worry about constantly being in creation mode. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I also really love this conversation today because we have seen, and I think it's only going to pick up more steam, this conversation around uh, AI generated content. I, I see a lot of people using it trying to use it for their copy. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. not there yet, or maybe they're still figuring out the prompts, but more and more people are leaning into that. And I'm maybe one of those old school people. And maybe this is, uh, you know, in the circles we run in, this isn't going to be so much of a thing, but I makes me even more want to dive into keeping my content real, like written by me, a real person doing it, because I feel like that's going to help me stand out in, in AI. Do you have some thoughts as a copywriter about what you've seen in AI and where do you see that going? Yeah. I, so I have played around with AI some myself and different prompts and just seeing how it works. Cause of course that's what everybody's talking about right now. And I think that there is some uses like to use it as a tool to help you come up with ideas, or I've seen a lot of people use it to help them 
create new headlines or email subject lines or things like that, that you can get like a list of ideas. So if you're in a place of having writer's block or you just don't know where to start with coming up with content ideas, you can get some good ideation going with AI. But as far as just the copy that it spits out, like a caption or an email, it's very dry. It doesn't have a lot of voice to it. Um, I know there are prompts and ways you can try to make it sound more like you, but I, I, I feel like you are still going to be creating content that kind of blurs in with everybody else's content as more and more people are using AI. And, you know, there's the whole thing, like there's no new ideas that we are all resharing different ideas from our own viewpoint and our own stories. And I think that's what, if you want to stand out and really be authentic and connect with your people online, you're going to have to infuse your stories and your point of view in with these tips and ideas and things that you're sharing as well. I love that so much because I think about how me as a student, and I would consider myself one of those lifelong learner people Mm -hmm. where I have consumed information from multiple different teachers and one person in particular might just really click. Like I've been trying to understand an idea and I can understand it intellectually, but not really like get it, you know, deep in my bones. So I think following somebody who is able to be more of themselves, like people ask, you know, how can I stand out as an online business manager? How can I stand out in my business when there's other people doing the same thing? And I feel like that's it. Like when I look at people who've purchased my offers, it's been interesting this last, I really think it's been the last year since I've even had digital offers and looking at the people who are resonating with me, it's almost like they have a radar because there are things that I feel like I don't even say publicly that when I look at them or look at their social media, I'm like, we would be friends in real life. Like, how Mm -hmm. did you know that I either do the same things, have the same things, think the same thoughts? It's so interesting how Mm -hmm. even when I feel like I'm not putting everything out there, I'm attracting people who I really, really relate to. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, when they talk about or think about storytelling in their business, they're like, well, who would want to hear my stories? Like my life is quote unquote boring and my life kind of is boring or, you know, ordinary in a lot of ways, but those are the stories that, and the people I'm going to connect with and relate to. Like if someone can talk to me about the craziness of the month of May because their kids have all these activities and they're running all over the place and they're just trying to find a minute to, you know, get their haircut or go to Starbucks or something like that. I'm going to relate to and connect with that person more than someone who's, you know, traveling the world and jumping out of airplanes and doing all these exciting things. Like your stories don't have to be feel extraordinary and epic for them to resonate with your people. Well, let's talk about that because how do we start thinking about story ideas? What stories to share? Like if we're just now putting together a nurture sequence or a social media caption or something, and we're thinking about, okay, I would like to do more storytelling. Where do you recommend that people start when they think about bringing those stories to light? I mean, you can always start with your brand story, how your business or your brand came to be. 
um, because everyone has that story in one form or another. You can talk about what it's like, like a day in the life of your business. What does it look like when you sit down to serve your clients? You can tell stories of client transformation or how your life was transformed. Like if you're a coach and you now coach people through things that you had to overcome, you can talk about those stories. You can also tell stories of like a podcast that you listened to or a book that you read that really hit home with you and made something click for you. I mean, it can be anything that you encounter in your daily life. It could be something funny that like your kids said that may reminded you of something. It doesn't have to be some, like I said, something big or extraordinary. It can be those little everyday like snapshots and moments because you don't want to write, you're not writing a novel. You're not telling someone your whole life, but just giving them little glimpses into what you are like as a person and what it's like to work with you can be really huge in helping people connect with you and remember you and want to continue interacting with you. Let's talk a little bit maybe about TMI because, (laughs) you know, I feel like sometimes as someone who identifies as an introvert, I, you know, it's like I sort of detest small talk. Like I don't want to talk about the weather. Sometimes I might want to share something deeper or more more vulnerable, but where if any, is there a place for that in business? And if there is a place for it in business, do you think about balancing it out for clients? Do you think like if that's your personality, then go all in? What what advice would you give us about <laughs> too much information? <laughs> so I think it has to be what you are personally comfortable with. I'm also an introvert, so I have to strike that balance of Like, I want to talk about the fact that I'm a mom or that I have these other things in my life, but I don't want to go into huge detail about some of that. And also, I have a child who's now a teenager, so I have to respect his privacy and not wanting to, you know, it's not like when he was four and he would do something cute and I felt like I could tell everyone about it. Now, if he does something, I'm like, is that going to embarrass him if I tell people that we had Mm -hmm. this conversation Um, So I think it's a matter of finding where you are comfortable and also what connects with your people. I mean, you may work with people who want the whole scoop that are okay with the TMI and want lots of personal stories. But if you don't want to do that, you can always tell stories of what is happening in your business and really focus in on Uh, client stories or stories um, when you've been struggling in your business and you've pushed through things. You can also tell like more funny, lighthearted stories. If you want to talk about like your favorite episode of Schitt's Creek and what that made you think of in your business or how you think that relates to a lesson that you're teaching or tips that you're giving or things like that, there's room for that as well. And let's talk a little bit about clients and confidentiality because as an OBM, I I don't know that I have very rarely with clients have we had like an NDA. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very rarely with clients have I had an NDA or something like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. we will if it's part of their standard contract, but also I hold myself to a standard where I just don't 
want to discuss their business. Obviously, if we have a different agreement and we say like, can we talk about this specific aspect, maybe for a case study or Mm -hmm. a testimonial. Uh, But one of my pet peeves is when I hear coaches, even in like Instagram stories saying, I was having a call with a client this morning and they're working through this. To me, that's like a sacred time and space. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not the way for everybody, but Do you have advice for people if they do want to tell sort of those more client-inspired stories? What types of conversations, contracts, or something they might want to have in place before putting those things out there in a more public way? Yeah. I mean, I think you always have to ask your client's permission before you talk about something that they're dealing with personally or in their business, even if you're not using their name or the name of their business. If you're getting specific at all about that one particular client, I think it's just common courtesy to ask their permission before you talk about it. And you can also approach things in a more general sense. Like in the past, I've had clients who have struggled with this and we walked through these things and it doesn't have to be like a, I just jumped off a call with a client and this is what we talked about. Like, I think you can um, use that experience to speak to to things without getting very specific. Because I do think you have to respect people's privacy and especially in coaching situations. If someone is being vulnerable with you and letting you into like their imposter syndrome and their struggles and things that they have going on, um, you have to be respectful of that, even if you're not signing something like an NDA. Mm-hmm. I have been thinking about copywriting and I feel like maybe this should have been a question more towards the beginning, but maybe not because people, if they're here, they're obviously going to be interested in this being a possibility for them or bringing somebody on and doing that. How do you know when it's time to bring a copywriter into your business? Because like me, I might have waited too long because I actually like copywriting. I think maybe it's easier if you just are like, I don't even like it. It's not my wheelhouse. But how do you know when you should bring a copywriter on versus when you should try to build the skill? Because I feel like, and maybe you have a different opinion, but I feel like it's a muscle that you're going to mm-hmm. get better at it as you go. Um, so you might not be great at it at the start. But when do you decide, okay, I really could use some support in this area and I would love to hire somebody to help me with this? I think it depends on what you enjoy doing in your business and what fuels you and makes you excited and feeling connected to your people. If you, and I have clients who I'm on their team as a copywriter and I don't write every single thing in their business. I will write like, the landing pages and sales emails and podcast show notes. There's all kinds of different pieces of copy that I write, but they still write their weekly email to their list because that's like their time to connect with their people. So it varies. It depends on what you like to do. But I think if you are getting to a point where you don't have time to write all of the things that need to be written. That's a great time to bring in a copywriter. If you go to your website or to your funnel pages or things like that, and you just feel very like, eh, like it's fine. I got it done. I checked it off my list. Not super excited about it, but it's there. Um, If you are feeling meh 
about your copy on your website, probably other people coming to your website are feeling eh about it too. So I think if copywriting is something that lights you up and helps you feel connected to your business and your people, that's a great thing to keep yourself. But if you're getting to a point where it's just like one more thing on your to-do list and you have so much of it and you're just sort of like, well, it's done and not super excited about it, but it's there, then that may be time to look at bringing in a copywriter to help you at least with certain pieces of your copy. And I do a lot of one-off projects where I help people with things like their website or those big nurture sequences or launch copy that's just more above and beyond the normal amount of copy that's required in their business. Right. Let's talk a little bit about voice because if somebody hasn't done a ton of copy and maybe they're not familiar with this term, but I like to think of like you're finding your own voice in your copy. So some people Mm -hmm. are a lot more professional. Some people are, are, my, I would consider much more casual in the Mm -hmm. way I write and the way I want to communicate. But if somebody hasn't written a lot, is it possible for them to develop their voice? Would you recommend that they do a little work developing it before they look for a copywriter? Or do you as a copywriter, are you able to kind of dig into their likes and dislikes and sort of suss that out for them? Yeah. When I start working with a new client, I have a brand voice guide. That's a Google doc that I have them fill out. And we of course talk about questions like, Who are the people that you're serving? What are your offers? That kind of basic knowledge that you have to have when writing for someone. But I also ask questions like, what words do you want associated with your business? When someone comes to your website or reads an email from you, how do you want them to walk away feeling? Um, What words do you never want associated with your business? So like if you have a more casual, relatable down-to-earth vibe about your business, you may not want the word stuffy or overly professional or things like that. girl boss. Yeah, girl (laughs) boss. What words do you hate? Would you not use? Moist. Um, (laughs) Just think, you know, helping people work through things like that. And I think the more you are aware of about yourself before a copywriter comes in is great. An exercise that I learned from another copy coach was cataloging words and phrases that you use a lot that you would want to use in your copy. And she suggested, well, like have people who are close to you in your life tell you like, oh, that's a word you say a lot or you say things like that a lot. And when I was going through the curriculum for this coach's program, I happened to be on like a vacation with my parents and my brother and my um, husband and son. And for the rest of the weekend, I mentioned it to them like, oh, if you hear me say something the rest of the weekend, it was like a game like, oh, Jennifer says that a lot. Or, oh, yeah, you say that all the time. <laughs> so I had a long list of things that I was like, huh, I didn't even know that I say that all the time. But I think be the more aware you are before you bring in a copywriter is great. But the right copywriter can also help you develop and kind of hone in on your voice. And also just talking to your clients, what your current clients that you love serving, what do they notice about you or what do they pick up on? What do they love about working with you? Those can be things that can help inform how you want to speak to people and how you want to show up too. 
super helpful advice. And even if you have clients, like I have a, what I call a brand guide sort of SOP that I've plugged in for my clients that does that exact thing. Because even if they have worked with copywriters in the past, it's usually if they're not working with one now, but they need somebody to be able to pick that up. And so we have that exact thing, like words that we love to use, words that we would never use, kind of sentences, structures, themes, ideas, mm -hmm. all that thing, the stuff you're talking about. Somebody could literally hire you, take those, you know, things and then have them as like a document in their business so that mm -hmm. anybody on the team who's looking at their copy then can sort of get an eye for what that brand is, how it's evolving. And you have that to look back on because your ideas and those things are probably going to shift over the years. So you can kind mm -hmm. of keep an eye on how things are shifting. Yeah. And it's a really valuable tool to have. Oftentimes when I'm writing copy for someone, I may not be the only person writing copy, even for them currently. Like I do write social media for a couple of my clients, but there I have other clients who have a social media manager on their team. Um, Cause that's not what I'm, I don't, I like writing captions for social, but I am not the person to like schedule all the things and do your engagement and create your graphics. And some people have a social media manager and we can use that same document to look at make sure that the brand voice is consistent across all of the copy or if you're bringing someone in for a project here or there it's just a valuable tool to have in your business well let's talk to uh, just for a second because i had this series like in the very beginning of the podcast it's still there in the archives if people want to go listen but I thought if I don't love doing this podcast, what kind of like quote legacy would I want to leave? And what I really decided is I wanted to be able to have people have the assistance of figuring out who they might need to hire, what it was like hiring for that person. They, you know, we would ask questions like what, what kind of costs can you expect for the service? What questions should people ask when they're looking for somebody who does this specialty? And so we did, I, I, I'm still here. We're still going, <laughs> but I'm curious because to me, copywriting feels like maybe a more personal hire. Um, even if I've seen some really amazing copywriters and sometimes, you know, you're, you're, might be paired with somebody and it's just not the right match. So are there things that you advise people when they're looking for a copywriter to ask or to look for, or, you know, things to sort of help them along that journey? Yeah. I mean, I think as we were talking about, you know, creating content to begin with that lets people get to know you look at what that copywriter is putting out there. Like, do you, feel connected with them. But also it's, I think, asking people's communication style, how do they write for you? Is it a process where you kind of collaborate together? And that looks different depending on what clients are comfortable with. Because if, like, if I am writing someone else's stories and using their voice, I know that that's a deeply personal thing for a lot of people. And you're communicating to their audience. So you have to have someone who you as the business owner feel comfortable writing for you. Um, and I think you can learn a lot just from going through that interview process. I've had a number of people who I've written for who have have started me out with like a paid project for them. I don't love the idea of asking people to give you like a sample of something 
for free. That feels no, absolutely not. But if someone says, Hey, I'd love for you to write a blog post for me, like before I bring you on to the team as a copywriter, before I have you do lots of things for my business, come up with some sort of copy project that can be a one-off thing that lets you see how that person works, how they write for you, what the communication back and forth looks like, what the revising and editing process looks like back and forth. Um, That can be a good way if you're kind of nervous about someone writing for you to get them to write, you know, just a short email sequence for you or a blog post or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. A paid test project is really, really helpful. And sometimes people can show up one way on, you know, I say on paper, I guess it's not mm-hmm. really on paper, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah. To like when their actual work, like some people can back things up and some people can't. And some people really might like struggle in the application process, but they show up and they're amazing at what they do. We definitely have seen that. So I think that's a really good tip. Is it ever appropriate or would it even be helpful to ask for samples of what that person has done for other clients? Like, for example, I have I read your emails, especially for the one client that we work with together, and they're so freaking good. Like, I have to think, like, if I was looking to hire somebody, I would read those and be like, oh, yeah, she really knows what she's doing. They're very specific they have a very like specific theme on them, but they're just like, they come across so professional and warm. Like I could go on about them, but anyway, (laughs) would it be helpful even for people to see that? Or would people maybe have a hard time separating out you writing in somebody else's brand voice versus what they could do for them? I think that that is helpful. And I do try to keep a I just have it as a running Google Doc where I'll link to different blog posts or different emails or website sales pages that I've done for various clients, because I do think it's helpful if you can see how someone transitions between other people's voices. And there'll be certain clients that even as a copywriter, like I know I click with that person and I can take on their voice and tell their stories. And then there are other people that like, I just don't vibe well with them or pick up on their voice well or how they want to show up and do things. So I think it's almost like you're, it will give you a glimpse into how they transition between different people's voices and also just what they're capable of in various types of copy. And some people really specialize in email copy or website copy or things like that. So I think that's a difference too, if you're looking for someone just to be on a specific project for you, like writing your website copy, or if you're looking to bring someone on your team to do lots of kinds of copy for you, um, you need different proof, different samples and things like that. But I do think it is appropriate to ask for samples from people. I think that that's, that's fine. And I do get my clients permission before I share those things to going back to, you know, confidentiality and NDAs and things like that. Um, you want to check with your clients to make sure that's okay. I would never share like my portfolio of things I've written on my website or something like that. Cause I feel like that's overstepping with what the, but if those clients have said, yes, it's fine for like, you know, talking to future clients for you to let them see that, then, um, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like the hardest hires to make for me are conversion copywriters. One mm-hmm. of the hardest 
sometimes like finding very specific niche like women in tech positions can also be really challenging. But I found that a lot of conversion copywriters don't keep track of the stats, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which if you're saying that you can come in and improve somebody's conversion on a sales page or a nurture sequence, I feel like that's all you need is the stats to say like, I came in and then these numbers went from here to here. Do you ever have people ask you for those types of of numbers or is that like a very specialized uh, field of copywriting? I feel like it's a pretty specialized field of copywriting. If you are working specifically in like launched copywriting where it's very important, like that is a high converting thing if someone is putting their offer out there. But it's not like if you're writing nurture sequences and things like that, usually the point of that type of writing is not high conversion. It's building those relationships. And that does still eventually convert for your business, but it's not as um, direct of a line all of the time. Mm-hmm. I We've talked a lot about, you know, different ways that you might need somebody in your business. Can you talk about for you the different ways that you like to work with people in your business? Yeah, um, just as far as people I've hired in my business or people who. No, like if somebody wanted to hire you, what mm-hmm. types of ways do you work with people? Okay, um, so I support people in kind of two different ways. I have a handful of select clients that I'm on their team as a copywriter. So they keep me on retainer to do Sometimes it's the same type of copy every month. It's, you know, a certain number of blog posts a month or uh, podcast show notes and emails that go with those show notes or things that are very like regular reoccurring. I have other clients who their copy needs vary from month to month. So what I will do for them changes. And then I also do one-off copywriting projects where I come in and write someone's website copy or sales page copy or email sequences. Mm -hmm. So people can just reach out to you and say like, do you, you know, this is what I would want. Do you have space or do you have a wait list for this service right now? Um, I do currently have space right now. Um, Sometimes I will start a wait list, but right now I do have space in my calendar to take on, especially the project-based stuff. Um, I always leave some amount of room in my calendar to take on projects every month. So if someone comes to me, even if I don't have space that month, I might have space the month after or the one after that, that we can, you know, set up to do their website copy or something. But right now I do actually have some space for another retainer client or two. I typically keep my retainer client spots pretty booked up. And people have just had some shifts and changes in their business in this past year. And so I've got a little more room for that right now, too. Yeah, I feel like we're well, going into summer, too. I don't know how everybody does it. I like to streamline in the summer because mm-hmm. there's just something really nice about having a little extra like sprinkle of freedom, you know, in my work hour mm-hmm. shift. So I work a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I try to leave more wiggle room in my calendar over the summer as well um, with my son home from school. And then my husband is also a teacher. So he has summertime where he gets some breaks and um, it's just nice to have the flexibility to be able to go and do things and enjoy time while we have it. Now tell us, because I know you have a freebie and we all want to learn how to do better and write better stories and just 
let people know us in a way that's very like genuine and approachable. So what can you tell us about your freebie and what what it helps us do? Yeah, so I have a freebie with a hundred storytelling prompts that you can use to connect with your people and convert more to. It will help people remember you. Uh, I saw a stat recently that was like, stories help us remember things 22 times more than just hearing facts alone. So being able to figure out ways to pull out your stories and incorporate them into all different parts of your copy, whether it's your email or your social captions, sprinkled in your website, things like that. But yeah, the freebie is a hundred different prompts and it's a good variety of stuff. Some of it is the more like personal TMI stuff. Some, a lot of it is business related prompts um, and people can get that at jenniferdewittcopy.com slash story. And I know you're also going to put links in the show notes and things too. Yes. I do love to link up the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you want to tell us like where you hang out online? Because I love to follow you on Instagram and I don't know if that's like the place that you're most active, but if people just want to connect with you and just vibe in your space, where are you hanging out? Yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, again, it's Jennifer DeWitt copy is my handle on there. I also have a Facebook page and LinkedIn profile, but I admittedly am not as consistent at showing up there because Social media is not always the happy place that I want to be all the time, but I do really love Instagram and um, follow some great people there and would love to connect. Yeah. If you follow me on LinkedIn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I Sometimes I will get like real inspired about LinkedIn and I'll show up for a couple of weeks and then it kind of trails off again, which I know every social media manager is like, no, don't do that. <laughs> but I'm just not, I... I think as an introverted person and someone who I just, I have to protect my, my peace and my mental health. I cannot be on social media all the time. And I've found that Instagram tends to be a good, happy place for me to show up and engage with other business owners. And um, so, yeah, that's usually where I am. Perfect. Now I feel like you know, we talked about, I, I kind of feel like I peppered you with a bunch of questions, but when I get <laughs> someone who's so knowledgeable about something, I just like, my brain is like, I want to ask you all these things. Is there any last thoughts about storytelling, either inspiration that you want to give us about like why we really should do it or a muscle that we should build because we're really going to like sort of combat that AI thing or just, you know, a piece of advice about how we could be better at doing, doing storytelling. Is that what you'd say <laughs> about being storytellers in our being business? Storytellers. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people get intimidated about collecting their stories and how they're going to use that. So I think it's really nice to have either a Google doc or a note on your phone or a physical journal or a spreadsheet or wherever. And just like during the course of a day, if something sparks like an idea and you're like, oh man, that interaction with this person or this podcast that I just listened to would be a great story to tie in with XYZ thing that I talk about or that I know my people are struggling with. Just have a running place where you can 
write those down or leave yourself boxers or because for some people it does it's easier to talk through the story than it is to write it the first time so i think that that's a way to help you like flex those muscles and be thinking about the things that are going on um, in your life and in your business that you can talk about that your people would relate to and i think also just following other people whose stories inspire you. There are some email lists that I'm on that I probably am not like the right fit for that program or that coach or whatever, but I just love the way they tell stories in their emails. And I have like a folder in my inbox of inspirational things that like either that person's story really touched me or it made me laugh or whatever it was that I will go through and read other people's stories just to like inspire me and get those juices flowing too. For sure. I was thinking as you were talking, I follow Tarzan K mm-hmm. and she's a copywriter. She yes. sells to copywriters and I don't know that I'm the right audience for her offers right now. I mean, as her mm-hmm. offer, they'll, I'm sure they'll shift and evolve, but she talks about like growing up in a cult, being mm-hmm. in a thruple recently, writing books. Like it, there's just some, I read all of her emails almost mm-hmm. like I, I love the way that she tells stories and I love the way that she captures that attention. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that, you know, you might have people that, and I've been hanging around on her list forever. I have bought little things here and there. So there are people Mm -hmm. that are just, you know, might want to connect and live in your, your space. And, you know, if she ever had something that aligned with me, I would definitely jump in and purchase. Yeah. And there are certain emails like that, that I just, get excited when that person's name pops into my inbox because I know whatever they wrote is going to be fun to read because I mean it's just natural that we as humans like hearing stories and connecting through stories I mean that starts when you're a little kid and you love for people to read books to you and things like that and even as adults like we all love to watch you know TV or read books or watch movies or 